How can you improve if you don't know what's wrong? Writers need impartial feedback. And one of the logical places to get it is in a writer's group. The, mem the members of an effective writing group need to be astute and able to not only point out what isn't working, but also tell you why. The rub, of course, is that they also have to be right. The places where something isn't working are not hard to spot. What's hard is explaining exactly why it isn't working. This often leads to misguided advice, which results in the writer either making the problem worse or simply substituting one thing that isn't working for another. So when you join a writer's group, especially if you don't know anyone in it yet, your best bet is to sit back and listen. You will learn far more about them by how they critique each other's work than how they critique yours. Why? First of all, because you can actually hear it. Being singled out in a group, especially for the first time, can be overwhelming. Remember what we said about the mortification of discovering you've made a mistake in public? That's what a critique can feel like. Everyone is looking at you and your face goes red. There's a loud buzzing in your ears and suddenly the room gets very hot. People are talking, but you can't make out the words. It's hard enough to hear, let alone be objective. On the other hand, when they are critiquing someone else, it's infinitely easier to judge whether, whether their comments are on target or flying wide of the mark. You'll have your own opinion of the work you hear and so be able to gauge whether their comments are insightful, astute, and expressed in a way that is supportive while at the same time pulling no punches. Keep in mind too that a writer's group, by definition, will hear your work in pieces. Thus, it can be difficult for them to tell whether the story is building, if the setups are paying off, or if that beautifully written passage about Jamie's first kiss had, that had them all crying has anything to do with the story of how she and her 60-year-old grandmother climbed Mount Everest. Hire a pro. The other option when it comes to getting feedback is a trend that is gaining momentum. A colleague at a literary agency in New York recently told me, more than ever it is important for writers to hone their craft and submit their most polished professional draft. Do not count on anyone, agent or even in-house editor, to fix it. Everyone is so tight for time that material has to be rewritten several times and edited before anyone in the business sees it to consider. Using freelance editors and consultants to help get a manuscript in shape is increasingly common." Unquote. The good news is there are many extremely capable freelance literary consultants out there who can provide objective, professional feedback that can help you not only rewrite your story, but also improve your writing skills in the process. The bad news is you'll find a gazillion to choose from, some great, some not, just by typing literary consultant into Google. My advice is to make sure the person you hire has a background in publishing, either as an agent or as an editor. If you're a screenwriter, look for someone with genuine development experience. If you're considering hiring a story analyst, find out what production company or studio they're read for 
and how long. Experience matters, because while any intern can and does decide whether or not a script or novel works, when it doesn't, very few can tell you exactly why, and fewer still what to do about it. Better than than us for now. One way to toughen your hide before you venture into this territory is to start reading reviews, book reviews, movie reviews, reviews of all sorts. Why? For perspective, think of it as a training course. Imagine you are the author of the book that's being taken the task. Because let me tell you, reviewers are merciless, as they should be, often gleefully so. For instance, in this review of the movie version of the Da Vinci Code, A.O. Scott of the New York Times manages to take a pretty good swing at both author Dan Brown and screenwriter Akiva Goldsman. First, calling Brown's bestseller a primer on how not to write an English sentence. He goes on to chide Goldsman for penning some pretty ripe dialogue all on his own. Ouch. But at least that's just about the prose rather than the authors themselves. For that, here is Slate's Dana Stevens on the movie version of Elizabeth Wurzel's best-selling memoir, Prozac Nation. Begin excerpt. Granted, Prozac Nation is an extremely silly movie, but let's face it, self-dramatizing middle-class girls who stay up for days on end writing Harvard Crimson articles about Lou Reed, I feel this cold embrace, his sly caress, are inherently silly people. And whenever the film takes Wurzel's tragic posing seriously, it flounders. End excerpt. Double ouch. In one shot, Stevens slams the book, the movie, and Wurzel herself. In print for everyone to see. And given that the internet is now home to just about everything anyone says about anything, both reviews will be at the world's fingertips a mere couple of key strokes away 24-7 forever. Be prepared. Regardless of how successful you get, people are going to be analyzing your work for better or for worse from here on out. Some will come at it with bizarre idiosyncratic pot shots. Others will zero in with dead-on accuracy and illuminate, illuminate massive trouble spots you won't believe you could have missed. If you have trouble now hearing it from a friend in private, imagine how it'll feel from a stranger in public. Thus your goal is to toughen up. That's not to say you won't feel gut-punched at first. There's no real way around it. Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra had this warning for his fellow writers, quote, No fathers or mothers think their own children ugly, and this self-deceit is yet stronger with respect to the offspring of the mind. It's always dark before the sunshine. Is it worth it to rewrite an entire novel or screenplay two, three, or four times? What about five or six? Just how many times are we talking about? It's, simple, it's impossible to say, so perhaps an anecdote will suffice. 
one that highlights just how long the road can be and how sweet the reward at the end. Back in 1999, Michael Arndt felt he'd paid his dues, having spent 10 years in the movie business as a script reader and assistant. So having accumulated a small nest egg in the process, he quit his job and hunkered down to write a screenplay. He wrote six stories and ditched each one. The seventh, which he wrote in three days, he had good a feeling about, and so he kept it. He kept at it. For over a hundred drafts, his motto was no point in doing something if you're not going to do it right. And he was determined to get it right. Which is probably why six years after he began writing it, he won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for Little Miss Sunshine. Why? Because his allegiance wasn't to himself, or to his first draft, or even to his 99th. It was to the story itself, and to us. A world full of strangers who he knew would never ever give him the benefit of the doubt. So his story didn't ask us to. All it required of us was that we sit back, relax, and give it our undivided attention. With that kind of care and determination, imagine how far your story can go. You don't need to be a genius, although you may well be one. What you need is perseverance. One thing that makes a person a writer is writing. Button chair every day, no excuses ever. As Jack, Jack London, London famously said, don't loaf and invite inspiration, light out after it with a club. Hemingway concurred, work every day, no matter what has happened the day or night before, get up and bite on the nail. It's only then that the real story you're telling slowly emerges. Here's a secret. When you've tapped into what it is we are wired to respond to in a story, what we are hungry for from the very first sentence, it is your truth we hear. As neuroscientist David Eagleman says, when you put together large numbers of pieces and parts, the whole can become something larger than the sum. The concept of emergent properties means that something new can be introduced that is not inherent in any of the parts. What emerges is your vision seen through the eyes of your readers, experienced by your readers. So what are you waiting for? Write. Although they may not know it yet, your public is eager to find out what happens next.